Welcome to the Artist Notepad, where we explore artistry, we talk life, and we talk symbolism. I'm David. And I'm Jack. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Tan and Chill, in which we are going to discuss Parasite, a fantastic piece of film which won an incredible number of awards, including four Oscars. But David, joining us today will be a very uh-huh. special guest. And so to make history as our first guest to join... <laughs> Not just one, but two times. Two times! He's made by who? Lust Kim, Luke Kim. Welcome to the show. Ooh. Hello, hello, hello. Thanks for having me back. Due to popular demand, <laughs> we, <laughs> had to, we had to get you back, bro. How are you doing? Thank you. Thank you for having me back on. It was such Man, a fun time last time. We weren't so sure, but like the fans got on our back. David and I were just like, really? Again? You know? But <laughs> yeah. we just got so much positive feedback. We couldn't, couldn't help but not bring you back. Otherwise, you know, the fans will take us under. So, so you're yeah, here by popular demand. All the emails have just been about you. <laughs> They oh, don't really? want to know about us. We All couldn't even keep like, up with the emails. There's so many flooding. Oh my goodness. In, so. Yeah, man. We might hire someone soon just to <laughs> sort the emails for made by who. Fanbase, my fan base is lit. Yeah, man. <laughs> That's such power. <laughs> well, so, well, how, how, yeah. gentlemen. Um, yes. No, David, you're right. You're right. Before we just dig straight in, we, we should check. How are we, how are we all doing, guys? Who wants to go first? I want to see how our guest is doing first, and then we can guess talk first. about business. Nice, I like it. Mm, I'm yeah. doing, I'm doing okay considering um, everything that's going on in the world right now. Um, you know, restrictions lifted a little bit. Been going out to, um, you know, re- meet some people again. Yeah, mm-hmm. and spending more time with family. Nice, um, nice. You need to start it again, so mm. we have that to deal with. But other than that, I've been, I've been all right. Been all right. How about you guys, David, J- Jack? David? Jack, you want to go? Jack? David? <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> I've been doing really well. This um this week we just kind of flew by. Um, I went to the the BLM protest yesterday mm. and it was quite an experience. It was the first time going to That's a cool. protest. Um, quite interesting vibes, but yeah, it was it was cool. It was a cool experience. Um, other than that, I've been I got a Switch last week, so I've hey. been playing, playing Smash and um, Animal Crossing. It, it has become a little bit of a distraction towards studies, but, you know, like, you, you do what you do. It's pretty fun. How you doing, Jack? How you doing? Yeah, man, not bad, not bad. Um, yeah, I guess it's been touched on, so I, I should touch on it too. I just want to obviously reinforce everything we said um, last week about how our views on the situation um, and all we mm. can do is... You know, keep sending our prayers, our love out towards everyone who's suffering at the moment um, yeah. and demand justice. Um, and it's great to see people coming together in such solidarity. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Other than that, um, yeah, I'm doing I'm doing pretty well. You know, I'm, I'm really getting into the swing of things with a bit of schedule. I don't know if I mentioned it on air before, but um, Amelia has put together... Um, because she's an OT um, or a, a studying o- OT, almost finished. Um, she's yep. very used to putting together schedules for people for um, for her patients. But right. I, I've I've been her patient recently, so we've put together a bit of a schedule <laughs> together, which has been been good fun. Something that I can stick to and keep me productive, keep me focused, and not have me you know wasting time. Um, so yeah, sorting that's your good. life out. Yep. Yeah, man, one day that's at a time. Good, man. Um, so yeah, that's been good. Um, been getting back into reading actually, which I haven't been doing. Well, I haven't done since I was kind of quite young. I used to read heaps of books, but I kind of stopped. And yeah, I'm getting back into that because I 
I think it would be a cool thing to become obsessed with rather than social media. <laughs> um, yeah, right. That's so, a good change. Yeah, yeah. So see these days. Just little things here and there, you know. I feel like I, 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 I'm kind of happy not to toot my own horn, but um, I'm kind of happy with the way that I've sort of maximized my um, productivity during this COVID period, which to be honest with mm. everything happening at the moment, um, it's almost slips my mind that we're still in the midst of this COVID situation. But yeah, yeah man, because of the restrictions are like kind of eased out. Like yeah, people are kind of ignoring that, the... I, I think it's also the fact that everything else that's going on in the world, like it's sort of taken priority. Yeah. Like the, yeah, the yeah. whole I issue of racism rising to right. the top of everyone's priorities again um, has really... Yeah, I, 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 for me at least, I can't speak for everyone, but for me, th like that issue has become so big that it's almost like I've kind of not taking COVID as seriously anymore because mm. of, yeah, all the political craziness going on in the world. Yeah. Yeah, man. But speaking of political craziness, oh. we watched a movie called Parasite, as we, we sure already said. Did. And there's quite a bit of commentary going on in that movie. So, guys, I think the best way we can tackle this is sort of going through it in roughly chronological order of, of, of how the movie progresses. The film, I should say, because it's, mm -hmm. it's more than just a movie. Um, and so, and just give us thoughts. But first of all, um, let's just say our, our rough thoughts, what, what we thought without giving, giving away too much. Um, Luke, let's start with you. What, what did you think about the movie as a whole? When did you first see it? And what did it? What were your first impressions? General overview. <sighs> well, well, it's really hard to put this in words, but I remember <laughs> like I watched it in the first opening weekend or like opening week, and wow. um, I just remember having like a otherworldly experience. I was literally wow. like, it was so. I still remember like how. I felt when I was watching it. I was just like, I was on the verge of tears, but on the verge of like, like um, utter ecstasy. It was that good. Wow. Like, uh, it was everything I could I could have hoped the film to be. And right then, like after after the credits started rolling, I knew that this film would be Korea's best chance to be to win an Oscar, mm. and they did. So like, it was just it was like honestly just perfect. Like I I couldn't really fault anything at <laughs> all. And I just remember getting goosebumps, like tears, and just like, <laughs> wow, yeah, it was amazing. Awesome. Did you actually cry? But did you watch I, it at the it, cinemas and then? You yeah, were like it was. I cried because like it was so good that like it was kind of like discouraging in a way. It was like it was so good, and I wanted, I want to eventually get to that level. But I was crying because I was like, I wasn't sure if uh, if I'll mm. be able to make something as good as that. I've experienced that too. Yeah, it's it's so, and it was just art at its like highest form. Mm. Um, for me as a film as a filmmaker and like but in half of like the, after the tears there's also you know inspiration you know like I want to like um, you know after how many years of Bong Joon working in the film industry he's finally made his like top his top work to cream of the crop mm. like now so so far me so well. far let's not write him off he can yeah. top it <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's hope so man like masterpieces come out in the future but yeah hopefully hopefully yeah that's, See, a, that's my thought for me i watched it it's been it's been a minute since i've seen the film i only watched it once but it's definitely a movie that i want to revisit and i feel like i'll i'll even after this conversation i i, I did mention to jack i might rewatch it and then try to see all that i missed out on but 
I just remember after I finished the movie, I was in the room by myself and it was like 1am or something because I needed to finish the film. And then I was just like out loud saying wow to myself because I was just like, what? <laughs> like a lot of the times, like um, I'm a very like a visual thinker but so mm -hmm. that when I need to process um, thoughts in my head, I need to either write it down or like just say it to myself. And that's why I catch myself speaking to myself a lot. But like, I just needed to be like, wow, like what just happened? Like all this symbolism and all like, it's just such a, you're, you're left, you leave the movie feeling so like, I don't know, like it's a bit of a shock. It's a bit of like a, you don't know how to feel kind of feeling. Mm. I don't know if you guys agree, but like that's how I felt after. Mm, mm, but same. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely enjoyed it. But it was kind of, yeah, it wasn't like a. It's hard to put to words, but I feel like we will be able to discuss it more in depth as we get into it. But yeah, that's for me. Mm. It's interesting yeah. what you just said because um, I'm not. I, I I just watched it today for the first time, um, so yeah. I was pretty late on the train. I've been talking about watching this movie for a long time and just for whatever reason just haven't gotten around to doing it but i finally got around to doing it today um and i yeah i've been really conflicted just because it was such a um i i didn't know much about it because i avoided everything i wanted it to be completely fresh as fresh as possible as neutral as possible um i didn't want to have any right. expectations necessarily other than i knew that it would be good um i, I knew it had to be good for it to have won an Oscar as an international film or a right, non-English-speaking right. film. Like, it would have to take something really special for um, the Academy to recognize that as best picture above things that... I mean, in the past, there's been the best international film has at times rivaled the best picture, but because it's an international film, it doesn't get as much traction. But this movie mm. clearly did. It was big enough in the indie scene and in the international scene that even the Academy couldn't write it off as a serious contender for best picture. Um, and so, yeah, I, I watched it. And as, as we'll sort of discuss, like for me, the movie is, is two movies. And um, when I, we just flicked through it, David and I just flicked through it just to write down a few plot points. And we found out that the point where the movie changes is actually like by minute, almost ex like by even to the second, almost exactly halfway through the movie. It is mm -hmm. so exact that it's not it's not an accident. It can't be, um, and so and, yeah. when I think back on it, I, I it's hard for me to say I enjoyed the movie. I could absolutely say I enjoyed the first half. The second half was not enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> it was brilliant. It was brilliant, but it was not enjoyable for me at all. It yeah. was very like, oh. <laughs> so yeah, we'll man. get into that. But that's sort of my opening thoughts. Yeah, guys, do you have any more? Actually, you know what would be good, Luke? Because you're someone who has followed the director. Sorry, I, I forget his name. Um, yeah. But you have followed him. And you mentioned something briefly before we started oh, about this hope. almost being a culmination of his previous work. So do you want to briefly just um, expand on what you meant by that comment? Yeah, so basically, Bong Joon-ho, throughout his filmography, he's always dealt with like stories regarding the lower class. So all these stories revolve around the family that's, you know, in, in Korean society, um, definitely not, definitely not privileged, the opposite. So, um, right. and like, like their struggles essentially. And, um, yeah, like almost all of his films are filled with like some sort of political commentary or social commentary. And, um, but then with this film, like as his films like progress, they've gone from very like overt, like, references to 
like that sort of social commentary to very subtle and he's like now and it's like i reckon at this at the precipice of his career he's very like he's so deft in the way he sort of mm. can ride that like um put it mix in social commentary with an entertaining film with a great story and like mm. he's so good at making it so like yeah subtle mm. and um yeah like this and i talk more about like he uses exact same like film angles so there's exact there's one shot that I we'll talk about that, later yeah that he uses in every one of his films. Right. And like, um, yeah, we can talk about that later. But awesome. yeah, like something like that. All right, well, let's let's kick it off then. So the opening shot is um, of the... And first of all, guys, if you haven't watched this movie, go and watch it first before listening to this because this will just be... Otherwise, it will just seem like rambling because we we probably will try and stay like sort of on track. I mean, who <laughs> knows? If, if they end up listening to it first, then they'll be so intrigued by how we Maybe. how we talk about but it they I, might go watch if, the if you guys but, are yeah. listening to it then it's very go easy for you to it, yeah. just pause it right <laughs> now and come back once you listen to it um but yeah the opening shot is of the we'll just refer to them as the poor family and the rich family um because yeah. i think that'll probably be easier the poor yeah. family's house um well it's the street and there's some socks hanging um from the ceiling and then um so we're at the street, we're quite low down, and then the camera moves down even further. Um, and I think this is the first time that we see. Sorry, say his name again, because I'm. I, I want to yep. call him by his name. Uh, I say uh, Bong Joon Ho. Bong Joon Ho. Yeah. Okay. Or you say, uh, you say yeah, director Bong. Bong. Okay. Bong. Bong. I call him Bong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to be disrespectful. Bong, bong. I'm yep, just yep. sorry, guys. All good. All good. <laughs> um, this is the first time that we can see. Um, Bong using this technique of using height um, in his shots, and yeah. I like I saw this really interesting take on that first shot because I I read some stuff straight after watching it because I wanted to have some questions answered. This wasn't one of the ones that I was looking for, but they they were saying like it's showing you the lowest possible level, and then it moves lower, and it shows mm-hmm. you where the family starts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was re- like, like a really cool way of showing that like, yeah, we're at street level and then we move underground and this is where we're starting. This, is, mm-hmm. this isn't just low. This is lower than low. This is the lowest of the low. Mm. It's like such a simple, such a simple technique, honestly. It's like just using ver- like vertical visual literacy. Mm. Like, mm. you know, like- I feel like there's a lot of like visual... I feel like the one of the reasons why this movie has maybe been so accepted in um, English-speaking countries is the fact that so much of the story is told visually. It's not all yes. in dialogue. Yes, exactly so. Like, like I think um, it relies on the audience's like knowledge of cinematic language mm. to understand what's going on because a lot is lost in translation when like you're reading from subtitles. Sure. Um, but like, yeah, the audience can like knows what is going on by just the way the camera moves, what's in focus, like what's in frame. And that's when you know like how talented a director is when mm. he can direct the, the audience's attention and get a point across visually. Yeah. Mm. And then it, it moves to the next um, sequence, which is, um, we'll call him Kevin because then I don't have to pronounce the Korean name and butcher it. Um, <laughs> Kevin is looking for Wi-Fi um, and he goes to his dad and his dad says, hold your phone higher. And so they're walking around the house and it sort of is a way to show how they're living. Um, 
and they have to go right into the top corner, which is next to the toilet, which is elevated, and they're like huddled up right at the the top at the highest they, point of the house. Yeah. And do they like, do they do they get the Wi-Fi? Yeah, off, they like, do get the Wi-Fi, but they have to stay there to to get it. And it's because a new cafe has opened up, and they managed to get free <laughs> Wi-Fi. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, like that's an interesting part of the the architecture of the house as well. The toilet is the highest part of their home. Mm. Like. That's the, that like that in itself is such a subtle like symbol. Yeah. 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 Even, yeah. Lower than even the toilet. That's that's interesting. Exactly. Um, and then what happens afterwards is um, someone comes and is spraying this pesticide gas um, everywhere, this bug spray. And um, instead of closing their windows, the father says, keep the windows open to kill all the bugs within the house. So they're they're mid working the. Um, they're all like folding up these pizza boxes, which is what they're doing for a living at this time. Um, and suddenly the house just fills with this gas. They're all coughing and everything. Um, apart from the dad, who's just acting as if nothing's, nothing's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because he's the like, bug. He's the bug. Yeah. That's like the mm. first time, like, like talking about it now and then looking at it in hindsight, it's like the first time you kind of see that symbol of, or like the metaphor of like, they they are the... They are bugs or they're well, the insects. That's real, that that's real interesting because what you guys yeah. are saying is bringing up the question already, which I didn't know. I knew it was going to come up at one stage, but <laughs> who is the parasite or what is the parasite in this movie? And I, I think there's a bunch of different interpretations of, of who or what the parasite is. Um, and I'm sure we'll get more into it over time of like what you guys really think. But um is that leading that that's leading me to think, Luke, that you you think that at least one of the symbols of um, the parasite is the family, or at least the father in this movie? Yeah, because so you know how so the Korean name of this of this of this film is Kizengchung, mm-hmm. and um, this family, like well, the the poor family, they are the key family. So, like, oh, okay, so yes, and then Sengchung means like um, live insect. So, like. I guess the director, um, yeah, named them the key family because, you know, I guess they are supposed to be the parasite, I guess. Okay. But well, that's interesting. Could, that's straight away yeah. something that I couldn't get because I can't speak Korean. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. That's all right. That's very clever. All right. Um, yeah. Do you think that in this movie, they are exclusively the parasite? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, yeah, I think, I think it was just like, literally like a battle a war between two parasites like the old like the old housekeeper um yeah and yeah like that um like that family and this poor family like fighting to essentially leech off a rich family and like the class like they're literally having a own like their own class war within yeah. the lower class it's like that's the i think that's the idea he's trying to go for mm. yeah cool all right well then it moves on to a guy um, standing outside their house and he's pissing on the house. Um, and as he's doing that, the family are looking up and no one does anything. Um, and then one of Kevin's friends rocks up. Um, I think his name is Min. Um, yes, Min. And Min, um, he says, get a grip or something. He yells at him and basically is like, basically be accountable for yourself. And then the family's like, oh, like what a, what a strong man. And when they sat down and did nothing. Um, then In Min comes into the house um, and he brings with him this stone, this rock, um, which is, yeah. for me, the first really big symbol of the yeah, movie. Um, I agree, yeah. Which obviously carries throughout and becomes a big deal towards the end. Um, 
Thoughts? I feel like, or like, did you want to go first, Luke? You can go first. I feel like The Rock, thank you. I feel like The Rock holds so much um, symbolism and meaning behind, because it's like, it's repeatedly shown throughout the film. Mm. But at the same time, you could see um, um, Min, who's Kevin's rich friend, handed down to to his, to the to Ke- to Kevin as mm. like a gift and yeah. then it this is meant to be it's meant to be a rock that kind of it's like a blessing kind of rock which brings fortune and wealth mm. right and then like that I, like this was a, one of the things that like I really look back into when I finished the film was like man the the rock holds so much meaning and this was like the first thing that I just kept saying to people because it's like far out the rock holds so much meaning but it's like I feel like it represents wealth it represents like power and mm-hmm. it represents like um something that um Kevin especially is like trying to chase so so deeply like he's like he's really captivated and like taken by the rock even from the first moment that he kind of gets given it and to the audience i feel like we look at it and it's just like it's just a rock you know what i mean but then it's like the the it representing wealth and like power kind of like holds so true to the character of kevin that like yeah it's kind of it develops even more and more throughout the film as you watch it but yeah i find i found it so interesting so like it being introduced at the start and then I think one one other big moment is um what's it called? Um after he gets his place in the rich family's house and then he he even um uses the like you can see Kevin just keep going back to the rock. Like one one the, the start is when he's handed the rock, but then I think another moment is when he um, hugs and clings onto it in the gym. Remember the gym scene where he says, yeah. like, to his dad, like, well, his dad questions him. He's like, "Why, are you, why are you holding onto the rock well, so like, much?" Like, I, I think. Sorry to interrupt you, man, but I, I yeah. think that um, because the rock is, I agree with you that it's a symbol of wealth. It's, yeah. it's all. I think it's also a symbol of hope as well. Um, and you know, when people say you're clinging onto the hope of something, like he, yeah. Because the rock isn't really a fact. I, I disagree with you on the fact that the rock stops being a big deal until he feels like he's losing the wealth, until he feels like he's losing what he got. And then he goes back to the rock because that's a symbol of it for him. And that's why he's clinging on to it because he doesn't want to lose it. Right. But I feel like it, it's always it's always an important factor because like I'm saying the in the film, it's used to kind of just bring it back up to be like, for for this character, it's like it's it's his like goal and aim to reach this point. I agree when you say it's like it's 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 meant to be like also represent like hope, but I feel like yeah, yeah, I, yeah. W- like all I mean by that is that um, he says he actually it's almost like he breaks he almost breaks the fourth wall when he gets given it because he says how metaphorical. It's almost just like he's just <laughs> telling the audience, guys. This rock's a metaphor. <laughs> um, yeah. I also think that um, on that, like, the rock becomes irrelevant to him when he feels like he's on top. It's only when it's when he feels like he's losing it that it becomes relevant to him again. And it's also like the false, the like, because this movie is all about cycles. I feel as well, and the cycle coming fully round, where the same thing that he strove so hard to get is the very thing that like takes him down. 
um, mm. which obviously we'll get to that scene later on. But mm. yeah, um, I do agree that it's relevant as a symbol throughout. But when I like in terms of relevance to Kevin's character, it only seems to be relevant to him when he feels like he doesn't have what he wants. Mm. Sure, right. Because that's why he keeps asking. Like even um, before the climax, he asks, um, "Do like do I belong in this upper class?" Mm. And I think like, and then also when he's clutching onto the rock in the gym, like I talked about, he asks his father, um, you know, what's your plan or Kewek, like the movie says. And I think Kewek in like, instead of plan, like, like this is where another thing that's lost in translation, I think. Um, but like Kewek, I think like holds more meaning. I think in this film, it means like dream. Like mm. what's your, like, I think it represents dreams because the father says, you know, what's the best way to live in this life? Having no dream. That way, you don't get mm. disappointed, because uh, these like these guys dream about getting to that like like you know upper class. That's why in the very final part of the film, it's just a dream of the, of Kevin, you know, like trying to sure. get rich, buy the house, save his father, you know, yeah. like that's just it's a dream. It's a it's not it's not going to come true. That's really interesting because that sort of supports that idea that the rock also symbolizes hope. Mm, um, exactly. If, if yeah, if that is more dream than plan. Mm. Um, then yeah, he's basically saying don't have hope, and yeah. he actually says um, the line he says in the gym when he's on the floor. Kevin says, um, "I think it's cl- it keeps clinging, keeps to, clinging me. to me." Yeah, mm-hmm. and then and then the dad sort of like laughs and he says, "I'm serious. It's following me." That's what he says, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. and I think that that is referencing hope. Like it's not just it's not just wealth. It's also just like I can't shake it. I can't like mm-hmm. it's not yeah. just hope, but it's like this sort of. A, addiction like this need for more it's more than just hope yeah. it's like this it's lust it's lust there we go um yeah. <laughs> it's this lust for power you know what you know what be interesting to talk about like now that we're talking about it right now is that um the the roles each character plays because mm. i feel like we just tapped into it now where it's like the son is someone who has a dream and the goal and the ambition to reach that wealth and power and that's his hope that once he gets to that point and he he reaches that point everything will be good dad is like seeing it as like if you don't have dreams and visions and goals then you won't be disappointed that's the best way to live and then like um what i think about the mother and the sister is the sister just does what she can for the moment and she is happy with what she can get especially when it's like um, she gets that part of becoming the um, art, art therapist for the son. And mm-hmm. then she's, she's happy living off like what, what she can get as it comes. And then the mother, mm-hmm. I feel like just plays a role where she kind of brings the family all tied together kind of thing, like as a mother would. And like, she's just really looks out for, um, yeah, like her family. Like it's whatever the family, well, whatever is good for the family, I'll do to support and like, carry my part to do like i'll play my part so that my family can eat well and live well kind of thing mm. do you yeah, know what i mean I, I agree with that to an extent but i feel like yeah. the father is a lot more nuanced than that because like when at the start of the movie just before kevin is about to leave and yeah. um he said i, I this is really nice line where um he's just like i so um we missed the the plot point i'll just briefly say that um Kevin's sister, Jessica, um, she forges... <laughs> Jessica I'm just using Sarah. the white names, sorry, <laughs> yeah, guys. Yeah, I know, but, like, um, no, no. 
They but call that, them that that's in the part movie, of the joke. So, yeah. It's part of the joke. Like, I know, I know. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Jessica forges these uni documents, these university documents for um, for Kevin um, yeah. before the interview. And as he's leaving, um, he says, "Oh, I don't see this as illegal or forgery because." Um, he said, Dad, I am going to go to university and I am going to like study. And he said, I, I just see this as printing them out a bit earlier. Um, and I like, I really like that line. But then the dad looks at him and he says, so you have a plan. But he's not like judging. He's like smiling. He's, he's, he looks excited that his son has a plan. So mm-hmm, I would say, mm-hmm. I would say, yes, that's his reaction at the end. And the first time we see him, he's crawled up into a ball and he's pretending that he's sleeping. So I would say it's him at the beginning and the end. Once again, that cycle of people returning to exactly the same place they were at the start or at things returning to the same place they were, not necessarily mm. individual characters. Mm. But um, he he gets swept away in the hope as much as the son does. The only difference is, is that Kevin isn't willing to let go. And mm. the dad, he seems to give up once everything goes wrong. Right. Thoughts, Luke. Luke. It looks like it looks like Luke's like holding back, but like no. Um. So here's where uh, you're wrong, Jack. <laughs> no, 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 I, I, I agree with everything. I like the, I like what you said about like this, the cyclical nature of everything. Like that's why even the titles have spirals at the very bottom of it. Mm. Um. Mm. And uh, that also represents yes, I, I, I like. Yes, that. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, too. yeah. Yeah. Um. And then we have like, and I, my take on the rock is that like it's something so it's like a. I mean, it looks like an ordinary rock that's just been turned into like a cultural work of art. It just symbolizes how like objects that are considered to be like low or cheap or common mm. in like for the upper class can be used as entertainment. Like, mm. like cultural entertainment when like and that just shows like just the absurd level of difference I guess in between the classes in regards to like mm. the way they live you know um, mm. and yeah like this man this film's so loaded with like I know, I know, right? I, one other thing <laughs> that I thought about The Rock which maybe I'm reading too much into this but um, the idea of a mountain seems to be also a metaphor in this and he climbs a mountain at the end um, but this whole idea of climbing throughout the movie is obviously a big deal, and all the mm-hmm. a lot of the cinematography shows people when they're walking upwards and walking downwards. Mm-hmm. It's quite yeah, clear, yeah. and I yep. just thought like maybe I'm reading too much into this, but the rock kind of looks like a mountain, um, yeah. and mm. it sort of represents that climb as well as that decline. And every time yeah. someone is walking upwards or downwards, they make it very clear that the camera is either either above them or below them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it happens throughout the movie. It's not just at the start and the end. It's happening mm-hmm. every time someone leaves the house or enters the house. It's like they're going up, they're going into mm-hmm. this haven. And then when they leave and go back towards their their own neighborhood, they're going back down. And it's very clear that they're going down, down, down. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure if that is like, I'm not like huge on that idea, but I just sort of, it came, popped into my mind. So I thought, yeah, that idea of a mountain um, and yeah, the sun climbs a mountain at the end as well. Yeah. Sorry, Luke, you were saying before Jack rudely interrupted. No, 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 that's, that's, me. Really nice. that's what I do. Don't no, come no, on the show you if you don't you, want to be rudely no, interrupted. No, no, no. What you said was valid, bro. What you said was valid. Yeah. yeah, that's all I have to say with like the rock and everything. Yeah, I'm all good. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. No, but I definitely agree. Like, I feel like there's there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of um, meaning behind the up and down thing that you just mentioned. Mm. Cause I feel like um, a scene that we will probably get to, I don't know if you want to save and like keep continuing on like chronologically. Yeah. Maybe let's just chug through a little bit more, but go okay, on. Okay. Okay. Um, I was just going to talk about like, oh, this is probably near the end of the, 
film. So maybe we'll we'll get back to right, this. We'll, we'll get there. Do you want to go so, back? Yeah. Um, so basically, where where we're at is the sons head off to have the the job interview. Um, mm-hmm. Beforehand, he actually this this opportunity gets introduced to him by Min because they go out drinking together, mm-hmm. um, and they make it quite clear that Min is not from the same socioeconomic background as Kevin is. Like he's clearly mm-hmm. much more wealthy, but he's not like arrogant enough to not um, be seen in this neighborhood. But he dresses like a differently he his hairs differently yeah. everything about him he looks more well off um i mean he's puck so he's uh <laughs> he's a top top actor these days yeah 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 um and so i found it really interesting that um he so he introduces the daughter which is the one that kevin goes to be the english tutor of and they make a big deal of showing the fact that um this guy is in love with her and he when he comes back he's planning on like marrying her once she's of age which is a little bit creepy but um it's kind of it made me uncomfortable her. as yeah, well yeah, bro. Yeah. But, yeah. but the point is is that his friend he's just like oh wow so you really care about her and it's never mentioned again in the movie <laughs> and i think that's really important because they make a big deal of the fact that he cares but the son is so quickly so quick to just betray his friend and just start moving on the girl like he doesn't care at all and like um one thing that if we're talking about characters in this in this film is no one is a bad person in this film but no one is a good person they are not good people no one in this film is a good person but none of them are bad people and a lot of the mistakes are made out of either um consequence of um poverty or consequence of ignorance in the in the face of the the wealthy and Luke, you said that um, that Bong's movies. I feel really bad just calling him that, but I'm sorry, guys. Uh, you, 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 you can say his full. You can say his full name. You can say his full name if you want, Bong Junho. 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 Any his movies. You know they <laughs> they focus primarily on um, people of lower economic stature, and yes, um, he's clearly like saying a lot in this movie about mm. things like social hierarchy and the wealth hierarchy. Mm, but I don't know. I don't know how he paints the wealthy in other movies. But I don't think that he paints them as negative in this movie. I think that maybe they come across negative, but really everyone comes across negatively in this movie. I think that mm. every single negative trait that's shown in the the rich in this movie comes from ignorance. It doesn't come from mm. malevolence. It just comes from a lack of understanding and a lack of experience of what real yeah. poverty is like. It's like naivety, I guess. There's naive. Yeah. 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 Definitely. I feel like I feel like to touch on that, it's like everyone's good in their own eyes. So, mm. so like a question you chucked at Luke earlier was like, who are, who are the parasites, right? But I feel like the fam, like, and we already kind of answered it, but it's like the family that moves in before they find out the previous parasites. I feel like it's valid to call them both parasites. Like the the housekeeper lady and then the husband that's hiding like underground and the family, the new family now moves in. It's like, I feel like for each group, like the, the group of two and then there's a family and then there's a rich family. For each group, they what they do in their uh, with their actions is like, because it's driven kind of by greed, um, they're all valid in their eyes. They do what they do to survive. The rich is kind of living in comfort and then like poor poor people or like the people that they use are kind of just like part of 
the luxury of living as rich family and like they they see it as good because like oh this is good because you know it makes everything comfortable for me like mm. an example is like the the old old parasite one of the guys that's introduced later like him turning on the lights for the rich the rich dad when he walks up and then it like it kind of it's like a what's it called like oh maybe we'll talk about it later but like it's like a it made me really feel kind of cringy and creepy yeah, when he's yeah, just yeah. like smashing his head on the, the oh, lights man. to turn it on for him but yeah like, we will definitely break that bit down <laughs> yeah man sorry yeah, i keep jumping up but like i feel like yeah like no, because I, yeah. I feel like greed is such a big theme sure. in the movie Absolutely. as well like it almost kind of validates what is evil in, in the audience's eyes as like they see it as like it's good or okay because like it's for survival or mm. it's for, for yeah, their yeah. own life and or for their th own that's, sake kind of thing yeah that's what makes me question what really is the parasite in this movie and i will acknowledge that there's possibly multiple meanings there but we'll get to that we'll we'll, we'll chug through a bit more first so um yeah, so after Kevin gets accepted the job, um, then basically, let, we, we won't go into every detail, but pretty much they systematically infiltrate the rich house. Um, one by one, they replace people by getting um, the, the, the maid fired. They get her fired. They get um, the driver fired and replace that with the father. The maid is the mother. Um, and yeah, they convince that it's really horrible where jessica it's convinces like a, yeah. the rich mother that her son has schizophrenia because apparently <laughs> the yeah. the right hand corner of her painting of her son's paintings is always very dark and scribbly which apparently is the schizophrenic corner and maybe that is a thing maybe it is <laughs> yeah, a thing but, but it, it feels so legit, very much like, like she's completely yeah. playing her and the mom's mm -mm. just straight away just like oh my god my, like and she, <laughs> like so straight away she's just like so this is very serious and it's going to cost you a lot of money. And she's just like, yes, of course, like I'll pay you anything. Mm. And it's just like, mm -hmm. it's so horrible. But like, but like what you were saying, David, is true about that whole thing of like, not only do you sympathize, but at least for the first half of the movie, you kind of admire this poor family for the way that they're like swindling their way. How they play into the, the rich yeah, man, yeah. how they're playing this rich people. And like they do like in such elaborate, it's kind like, of elaborate charming plans in a weird just, way. Like, yeah. 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 to get their spot you know but yeah it's it's such an entertaining part of the movie like as you said like the first half being so enjoyable and funny or like just like fun to watch and then mm. it takes that dark twist from halfway but yeah like it's it's pretty crazy how they how they each person like you you get excited to see how how the next person does mm. it because mm. you see it coming you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. um a part that I really love that happened there is um before the before Jessica gets brought in um <laughs> the son <laughs> yeah, the son yeah. is coming the son is coming down from the first lesson that he's had yeah. with the daughter and the mother's telling him about um how she's telling Kevin about how her son is such an artist and everything and they, there's all these beautiful artworks and portraits on the wall and then next to it is just this like really scribbly painting which. Doesn't, it looks like a drawing, not even a painting, but they call it a painting. Um, and and the son's, like, Kevin's, like, looking at it and pretending to be all... He's kind of doing what I do <laughs> <laughs> and overanalyzing. Um, right. And he's just like, hmm, yes, uh, like, it's very beautiful. Is it chimpanzee? And she's just like, self-portrait. <laughs> self-portrait. <laughs> 
<laughs> actually, on that note, I'm like I'm pretty sure like that drawing is actually the drawing of the man in the basement. If like oh, he's actually pretty much right, like the yeah. man in the basement, it actually yeah. is. It, it comes out later though, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Doesn't the painting come out later again? Or yeah, so he's like, like he draws. Uh, he draws true. another one. Just another one, yeah. Wow, uh, yeah, uh, true. I didn't pick up on that. Um, but like, it literally looks like the man in the basement at the very end of the film when he's like a black shirt and it's like a bloody face. Like, that's exactly okay. what he looks like. Speaking on that, um, Luke, you can't see this image, right. but if you have Google on you, can you just yep. Google this picture? And it's called um, Saturn. Saturn eating, uh, devouring his son. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Um, Saturn eating his child. Yeah. yeah so, um, so is it is that the is that the um painting by yeah Goya right yeah the really so, the most disturbing painting yeah yeah when I was watching this movie and we first saw him especially the scene where it's recounting what the kid saw mm. and his head rises above the stairs mm. like that's mm. so creepy far out yeah but yeah mm. I instantly thought of this painting in fact I mm. was so convinced right. that he was based on this that mm. I, th- I like I thought that was the case and then when I saw it I was just like okay it, it looks a little bit different how I imagined but when especially when you saw him at the end with the blood on his face I was just like I just saw this picture in my head and I was like trying to find it I didn't know what it was called so I was looking everywhere yeah. um but this picture is so disturbing for you listening at home you yeah, might want to google mm. it um but it reminds me of this guy's face like he does such a good job of just freaking you the hell out and no wonder the kid had a seizure <laughs> yeah, like bro. far out it yeah yeah like that was, that was like that was yeah. a moment in the film like well besides the like transition where you like you actually start going down into the basement yeah that was a moment in the film where i knew that like pong had changed the tone of the film entirely mm, mm. and it's but it doesn't up. but like what's amazing about this film is that like it doesn't feel unnatural the change from a mm. comedy drama to a horror drama like mm. comedy mm. and horror are literally on the opposite ends of the spectrum in regards to like how it makes the audience feel exactly and like but then he treads it so like so subtly and so and with so much like finesse that it's yeah. actually insane um yeah yeah that's what yeah I even though like part. it does happen like as we said so that point when they go down um all right we'll, we'll get to it because we'll, we're almost yeah. there. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so uh basically yeah they, they've gotten rid of everyone and the the rich family goes on a holiday for their their son's birthday um and while they're away basically the poor family moves into the house and is just chilling there they're drinking they're getting drunk they're eating like they're they're all over the couches like yeah, yeah um <laughs> And um, maybe you guys can speak on that scene if you want to in a bit. But basically what happens is, you know, it's going to happen and you're just sitting there and you're just like, oh, no, it's going to happen. And the doorbell rings. And at first you're just like, oh, the family's come home. Oh, no. And then it's not the family, but it's the old maid. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought as well. yeah, Yeah. And she she basically claims that she's left something. Um, They decide to let her in. She goes downstairs into the basement and reveals a secret door, um, which goes even further down. So they go down the stairs and then there's more stairs, which is another symbol of like, just when you think you're at the lowest point, they go lower. Um, And down this pathway, instantly everything changes. And this is the point which is about like, it's almost exactly halfway through the movie. And as I said, Mm. I don't think that's accidental. But as you said, Luke, even though it's such a, like monumental shift it still feels kind of smooth because he manages to through the music through the cinematography like create this menacing undertone even from the start of the movie 
Um, like mm. there's this particular moment that I, it jumped out at me straight away when Kevin is visiting the house for the first time and he's at the, the door and then um, just before, like just as, so he's walking upwards and they keep, there's a montage kind of very short montage of him walking upwards, upwards, upwards. And then he walks up the stairs to the house and then he gets buzzed in and the sound of the door is literally, it's a prison cell. It goes, mm. and then the door goes, and it's sort of like, open. it's just how like, it's the same sort of sound you hear in movies when a prison door opens. You hear the, the loud, and then the doors open. And when it closes, right. it makes this really loud clang sound as well. And that was straight away, I was just like, okay, so this is like, there's something here. There's something stuck here, something imprisoned here. Um, mm. And I didn't know what was going to be there, but like... Yeah, I, I don't think that's a coincidence either. Um, and so I thought that was really cool. Any any comments on everything that I just blurted out? <laughs> no, that's like, a lot though, yeah. Um, like, I just remember in the cinema when, like, when, like, watching that transition, like that one take where where the mother, the poor mother, follows the old maid down into the basement. Mm. It's a one take, and then the lighting changes to a sick green. The music yeah. builds. I remember, it, like, I, I, I couldn't stay still in my seat. I was just, like, having yeah. this really, like, I don't know what it was. I think I had, like, a mini seizure, like, a visceral reaction, you could say, where right. I, I was just, There's like... so much tension. I got, I got goosebumps yeah. as well, and I was, like, what yeah. is going on? Like, what's going yeah. on? And yeah. I, and that, the image of her, like, on all fours trying to push, like, the thing that's blocking the door into the basement, yeah. like, yeah. I, that, I was just so scared and frightened, and I was, like, what the heck is going on? And, like, the whole audience was like that. The audience, I could feel... Like, that's amazing about this film. I could feel, mm. like, it was palpable. You could feel, the like, mm. everyone in the cinema on the edge of their seat, holding their breath, and it was just, like, a pure cinematic experience. And, like, yeah, that's all I have to say. Wow, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I felt the same thing. I was so tense. Um, and that's why I said I was conflicted about how I felt afterwards because this movie, just it just disturbed me so much um, in such a deep way that, like, it really made me, like not like the the second half like i mm. it's so well done but i did not enjoy it in any way um the first half i found it really nice and endearing but the second half was just it was tough to watch yeah uh, like like also like another interesting thing is that like it's so subtle in like even the dialogue where like so when the father the rich father is talking to the poor father in the car while they're driving they're talking about the old maid and he was saying that like she always ate enough for two. Mm. And I didn't know what that meant, oh, but yeah. then she meant, yeah. she meant yeah. ate yeah. enough because she had to give one meal to yeah. the guy in the basement. And I was just like, oh my goodness. Oh, like, wow. yeah. wow. you know what I'm saying? He, pl he yeah, plants man. the seeds so well. Like That's everything he, sh he shows you in the like earlier half of the film is, is mirrored in the second half yeah. of the film. And even like the montage sequence where the um the poor mother is replacing the maid and then they they try to get the maid out like that's a 60 second like no 60 shot montage like and it's so efficient and it's just like mm. there's a rhythm that Bong Joon-ho like does with his editor in mm. this film where it's like everything feels so fluid like, so fluid and so consistent yeah, like, yeah. totally consistent T yeah. the timing mm. is just the way the pace every, yeah the pacing yeah there you go yes. the, the pacing is brilliant in this movie yeah mm. uh, like and then like I could, I could talk about this one thing as well there's a particular quirk of Bong Joon-ho as well where he blurs memory and reality or past and present 
So, like in this film, um, you can see that when they're talking about um, the rich kid's uh, like memory about him eating the cake, and then he has that mm. like he sees the oh, man yeah, in the yeah, basin yeah, pop yeah. up. And like, the, yeah. so that they're talking about it in present, and then the camera pushes over the table, and then we see the cake there, like in I the present. That was great. Yeah, and it doesn't like that's one transition he does. And another transition is when the man in the basement, the old maid, they're like they have the. Um, poor family at like they're threatening them they're threatening to like you know expose them and then yeah they're, they're talking about how when the house was alone they were dancing and bathing in the mm. sunlight and they were listening to um classical music and understanding the art of the home and then like they react to something to the reaction shot they both of them react to something but we don't know what they're reacting towards and like and this is a this is the um the past right but then in the present we see what they're reacting towards and they're reacting at the your poor family charging at them and that's like another amazing transition mm. from like mm. that's that's like that just shows how amazing bonjour is at creating fluidity fluidity everything mm. keeps moving even though we're going back and forth it keeps moving like yeah he's just so good wow <laughs> yeah well said. This, well is a, said. this is a yeah, true, so, true Bong Joon-ho fanboy. Right <laughs> Studied his that's work. That's what we want. We brought thoroughly. the right person on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, the, Kevin's relationship is progressing with the daughter, which is creepy, but um, she's kind of pretty infatuated by him. Um, Bro, it's so messed up. Like, it's, yeah. it's so messed <laughs> up. It's in, it's in my, it was in my mind the whole time. I'm like, dude, the, the girl's a high school kid and you're like... You're 20-something. You're like yeah. a grown man. I'm like, fuck. It made me cringe each time like I see something like that. Or, like, There's so yeah. many cringe moments throughout the movie, but like, mm. oh, mm. yeah. So this sort of all progresses to the point where, yeah, um, there's a big conflict um, when they, as you sort of touched on, Luke, um, the the poor family are hiding on the staircase while the the poor family's mother, who's now the maid, is talking to the other maid and her husband, who she's been hiding underground in the house. Um, and then the the poor family fall down the stairs and the, the the older maid is just like, what the hell's going on? She pulls out her phone. She videos them and threatens to send it to, um, yeah. to the rich family. And then this leads to basically them... Um, being tortured, like moderately yeah. tortured, like they make them stay on their knees and put their hands in the air, and um, while they like <laughs> relax and stuff, then yeah, pretty much they they get the phone off them. There's this big fight, and then all of a sudden, what everyone knew was going to happen, uh, the mother gets a call to say that the they're coming back because the whole time the rain is pouring down at this point, and I when they said they were coming back because the rain, I was kind of like. Duh, I just didn't think of that. Um, <laughs> like, it's, it keeps showing it's raining everywhere. But, um, yeah, the, the family comes back because they've gone camping. Um, and that's when things start to get pretty intense. Um, mm. They pretty much uh, drag both of them down back into these this cellar. Dungeon. Kind of, yeah, this dungeon. dungeon that's a good way for it. The, yeah. um, the old maid tries to come upstairs the new maid kicks her back down the stairs where she hits her head with this Bruh. horrible thudding noise right okay. in front of the father. Yeah. Um, anyone want to unpack that? Because that was pretty horrific. Yeah. Do you call that folly? Like the sound effect that you, yeah, uh, you put foley. in? Yeah. Foley. Bro, like 
that that's definitely a very 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 cringe moment when the moment that you hear that, that yeah i was just, sound, like, just like oh it makes you go tense like there's so yeah. much in the second half of the film that makes you like tense up like, i was i was convinced that she yeah. was dead i was convinced that she was dead straight away same bro she yeah. did end so, up dying but yeah so um Pong, this is also another quirk of Pong, you know he loves like characters dying from blunt force trauma to the head like okay. like I, can, I mean if you He's watch his other right films suit, if, you, yeah. if you watch his other films I mean like, I guess it's spoiler in that sense but like like a lot of characters die from like that like that sort of death um right. and and like he and like at that moment where like you know it's, it's just so funny where literally it's just like there's like they're from the same class where they're fighting they're literally fighting to stay as a stay as mm. like a leech to this mm. family and then like she's literally climbing up the stairs and then she gets kicked back down the stairs by mm. someone of the same class mm. and there's a like, like there's a thud and then i remember the whole cinema this like like gasping i heard oh. a little scream in the in the yeah. corner uh, everyone's like back to sort of so everyone's leaning forward and then they, they're back to sort of snapped yeah, like yeah, at the yeah, very yeah. back towards it's it the, like, it's the knockout punch it was the punch yeah. that like yeah it was so and sudden because like up until that point they were all almost like making fun of the fact that they were like all scrapping and stuff like especially around the couch area like they were sort of making fun of it like everyone's just like wrestling for each other and then that was a point where it's just like okay this is not a game anymore like this is yeah. this is serious Exactly. And like, like people are willing to, yeah. Even though it wasn't intentional, but people are willing to kill for this. Yeah. Um. Also, like one thing I like, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's actually the same sound effect used that thud uh, sound effect used in his other his other film as well. well. It's a good really? one. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a, a it, it, like get yeah, out of here, bro. No, as seriously, you, you just seriously, sound, like, you're like I've heard this sound before. No, seriously, it's like it's. I swear, really? it sounds so similar. Like I'll probably check this after this podcast. I'm definitely checking it, wow. but like. I Man, swear, I, if I got that, me. I would reuse that. Let's be real. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh wow, that was it was pretty horrific. But yeah, um, yeah. at this point, the uh, the her husband doesn't know what's happened. Um, they managed to basically the father of the poor family um, ties them both up, um, and then he catches the the um, the guy who become like the the husband. Oh, sorry, the husband of the old maid. He catches him smashing his head against this button um Mm-mm-mm. and that's when he realizes that this guy um is sending morse code and he's doing all sorts of things he's he's praising the the father of the rich family he's worshiping him almost like in a religious mm. sense he's got photos of him on the wall um it, it's incredibly creepy and the father of the poor family looks horrified. But this guy's literally worshipping this guy who he has nothing to do with really. The, the only mm. reason he has anything to do with this guy is because if his wife works for him. Mm. That and like, I feel like he he gives this this guy a place to, like even though the rich guy doesn't know that he exists, like a place that he can just c- continue to stay in and a place where he can just survive like in terms of like getting food from just leeching off mm. um the rich without them knowing but then him doing his part is to make it more convenient for the rich man yeah. like the rich family kind of think that it, the light system is just kind of automatic and it comes it's, with the yeah. luxury house but it's it's so creepy when you find out that it was him just smashing yeah. his head on oh the God. on the light yeah mm. 
um also like during the scene as well where this this all unfolding um so uh they're making the the um poor mother is making ramdon for the rich yeah, for yeah. the rich mother we were skipping and past f- this one yeah but yeah it's good yeah, that you um, mentioned it yeah so like for people who uh, aren't really familiar with like korean culture that ramdon dish um is like it's pretty much the equivalent of like a mcdonald's cheeseburger like shape of truffles shaved on top of it, right? It's a mix <laughs> between like it's a mix between mm, sirloin, mm, like mm. top quality like hanul, which is like pretty much top quality Korean beef, mixed yeah. in with like one dollar, two dollar like right. instant noodles. And I guess it's like where this literally like this this mm. like high class family is just that like blended, yeah. Yeah, a blend of blend the rich and poor. Rich and mm. poor. But then like yeah. like they're they're eating it and then like saying that it's amazing and stuff like that. And like that's also another detail they used, and I had rammed on myself a lot of times after this. Movie I'm sure a lot of people, a lot of people, like it became a, a trend to just try it out. I, I did yeah. see some yeah. stuff written up on it, but I didn't, I didn't read into it. But that's very interesting. Yeah, yeah, I did sort of. We'll make it for you one day. We'll make it. One for, we'll make yeah, it for we'll you one day, Jack. On, bro. I, I love the <laughs> truffle burgers. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, then where are we at? Um, well. Uh, basically, eventually the the fa- the poor family gets out of there, right? And then they have. Oh yeah, to- so they're stuck under the t- the table, hey, and this really yeah. intense scene of them being under the table for ages while the kids outside. Um, and the parents get it on. Yeah, parents are yeah. getting it on, um, and it's really creepy because um, we didn't really talk about it, but the way that the sister Jessica got uh, the driver fired was she took off her underwear and left it in the back of of the car that the guy was driving in. Um, it was found by the rich father who assumed that the driver was basically, um, bringing girls into, into the car. And yeah. Um, and then the father, while they were getting it on was basically said to his wife, like, Oh, I wish you were wearing like those panties that we found in the back of my car. And it was just Mm. like, Oh, this is creepy. (laughs) And they're also talking about, um, the smell the yeah, smell of, yeah, of yeah, him sorry, which is a really yeah. important part um because that's the turning point i guess like i i feel like that like the idea about the smell about like you can pretty much smell if they're like from rich family or poor family i think it's very interesting like you know like some i i've definitely i feel like i've definitely also can relate to that in a sense like i i think a lot of people um also can like they unknowingly sometimes feel that way like um, you know, the rich family will always be wearing like the top perfume. They won't be like mm-hmm. smelly. And then we have like, I don't know, people who are homeless or something like that, right? Like they, we assume them to be smelly or something like that. I think this is a very interesting, like, yeah, I thought that part was very interesting and, and a very valid reason as to why later the father of the poor family like breaks. Mm. Um, yeah. I, I actually that, listened yeah. to a, a podcast recently about a guy who, um, he studies this the senses a lot, like all yes. sorts of like ways that we use our senses and we don't even realize it. Like things like, mm. for example, um, we don't taste strawberries with our mouth. We taste it with smell. We can't actually taste strawberries using our, our taste buds. It's the oh taste goodness, of strawberries. Really? Yeah, the taste of strawberries comes wow. from the smell of them. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so he 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 said that um, it's quite common for <laughs> people to go away. to the doctor and say I'm losing my taste of sorry I'm losing my taste, and then they give them like a drop of like something which like 
something acidic or something like that. I can't remember exactly what he said. And they can taste it. And they're just like, no, I can taste that. Then they give them a drop of something else, like a strawberry or something. And they're just like, no, yeah. I can't taste that. And it's actually because they're losing their smell. Um, wow. And he said how much also like in interactions, like as you were saying, without like even subconsciously, we're using our nose, our sense of smell to make judgments on things and how like in our house, you know, every house is a smell, but in your house, you generally can't smell your smell. But mm. if mm. you walk into your house and someone has been there, you can tell straight away. Mm. You and you you use your nose so much for like mm. your sense of comfort and what mm. what's right and what's like different and stuff. Um, mm. And yeah, I, I I thought that was really interesting. And it, it's it's there from the start. Like the first time it comes up is when yeah. the son of the rich family goes to them, and it's like this really like sort yeah. of scary moment for a second when you think they're going to be found out because he goes to all of them and it's just like they all smell the same oh yeah, yeah. yeah and then yeah, and then yeah, the mom's yeah. kind of just like don't be rude but it's just like oh that was mm. close oh, um yeah. yeah and then they're back in their house and the father's like yeah we need to start washing our clothes separately or no he says we need to start using different soaps and then the mom's like mm -mm -mm -mm. no we need to start washing our clothes separately and then the daughter's like their daughter, no yeah, we yeah. need to get out of this house like they, they it smells like sawdust and, or something like that um and the father mm -hmm. is talking about like how it smells like they're in the subway, like they catch the subway and they would never catch the subway and stuff. And it, it is really offensive. And yeah, as you said, Luke, you can see the father underneath the table. You can kind of see the moment he breaks. He just sort of mm -hmm. closes his eyes. And mm -hmm. I think that's the moment where, as David, you were talking about, he loses all hope and he just sort of goes like, we're never going to fit in here. Like we'll yeah. never be it. Like we can do whatever, like we can... We can do whatever we can, but at the end of the day, they're never going to accept us. Mm. Mm. Exactly. It, it's cool how um, they they show the father breaking down more and more because mm. like um, he's conscious of the smell and how the rich see him and perceive him, and then it the way his facial expression, how his skin tone, how his clothes, yeah, his, his skin hair, tone, like, I noticed that his skin tone, everything it becomes yeah, more and more flushed whenever. Things aren't going his way. Yeah, yeah, and then it gets it gets worse and worse until until the breaking point. But mm. yeah, it's it's um I remember the the table scene where it's very uncomfortable to watch because you know the fact that the families they're shoulder to shoulder on the floor together, but they mm. hear what's going on. But then, um, what's it called? The dad even like smells himself after the yeah. fact. Um, the rich dad points out of like. Why does it smell like um, that our driver? Like mm, he, yeah, he knows yeah. he's an excellent worker, blah, blah, blah. But the the thing that bothers me is his smell. Yeah, what he yeah. says What he says was, I like that. Like he always, he comes close to crossing the line, but he never crosses the line. Mm. But the, and then he says, but that smell, that crosses yeah. the line. Like yeah. if someone says that wow, about you, how like crazy is that, eh? yeah. if someone says that about you, it's kind of like, like hurt, it's, it hurts a lot. You it's know, horrible, like eh? I'd imagine it'll hurt a lot. Like, yeah. It would be it would be horrible to have someone say that about you, and it's just like, like ass. <laughs> <laughs> so eventually they get out of the house. They manage to sneak out, um, and it's very tense. But then mm. they begin to run home in the rain, and they can they keep as David you were saying to me <sighs> earlier, which I had noticed, but once you you pointed it out, I'd noticed it even more. Like 
yeah. they just keep running down and down and down. And it, further, it feels like they're running forever. It's just like, like forever. Yeah, the yeah. descent. The descent. In yes. the rain. And importantly, they go when they leave the house, they run past and it focuses on this really big drain that the rich people have right outside their house. And that's mm. quite important because... Um, yeah, once they get home, they get like they're running back, 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 and the water is just like going with them. They're just getting washed mm. away from mm. the rich house. Mm. Um, mm. They get back to their neighborhood, and which is it's a slum pretty much, um, and it's been completely flooded. Um, yeah, and yeah. they say that it's sewerage as well. It's not just rain; it's the sewerage is it's all overflowing, and that's obviously shown when they get into their house and their toilet is like spluttering. It's disgusting, um, and. They've lost everything pretty much. They're, they're like the dad is going around the house and picking up certain things. The son goes into the house and the light is flickering on and off. And right there, it sort of almost yeah. materializes in the water is the yeah. rock. Yeah. And he just picks it up and he's mm, just mm. staring there while the father's going around grabbing things. And mm. I, th- I find it really interesting. It's almost like it's almost like they stopped caring about all their belongings because they became so like infatuated by this rich lifestyle and then suddenly um the dad's picking up the things that really mean the most to them like the that medal that the wife won for i don't know if it was an olympic medal or just like a a sports medal for i can't remember what that sport's called where you swing the the ball around what is it Oh, swing the um, ball around. oh, they did they like there's a scene of them doing that in the backyard. Yeah, I can't remember um, what it's called, but it's an Olympic uh, sport. Um, and she's got a medal for that. He's got some kind of certification kind of thing that he grabs as well. Um, mm. and they're getting all the he's grabbing all these things that are important whilst the the so the I'm daughter the to... daughter goes to the highest point in yeah, the house so again. This, and this, she this, like, pulls out a cigarette yeah. and starts smoking. David, what, what are you gonna that, say? Like you leading up to that, that was by far my favorite scene in the movie was when you see the defeat in the daughter's like whole body or like her expression and everything where she's just trying her best. She was trying her best to like save what she could, but she ends up just sitting on the toilet, like looking completely defeated. And she's Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to do like, I feel like, like that scene when they're back in the house and it's flooded you show you see three three perspectives again but like this is what i'm talking about when like the sun looks at the rock and like the goal or the vision of getting rich is such a big thing yeah like the father is trying to save what he can but then his his thing has already crumbled and he's just like mm. picking up the scraps of what remains mm. from the defeat and the crashing daughter is like trying to do what she can but then she just ad- admits defeat and then she just um stays on the toilet seat trying to have some sort of enjoyment so that she, she so she pulls out a cigarette to like ease yeah. herself and like this is like a little bit of bliss i can have in this chaos and then the sun is like i need to like this is what i gotta look towards and this is what's gonna that's really you know, i, I agree of, with you it feels like the yeah. whole time the sister was just sort of living in the moment and so like when yeah like the sun comments on the fact that she she's the most relaxed one in the house she looks like she belongs there when they're in the rich house um, yeah. she, but she straight away is just like, no, like we don't belong here kind of. And she's just like, stop mm. feeling sorry for like the rich people, like just worry about us. And it's like when she's smoking that cigarette, I had a similar reaction, but slightly different to me. It looked like she knew that this was going to happen. She was just, she always knew that it would be temporary. And now this was just them coming back to earth. And she's just sitting there just like, it looked like she had already come to grips that this was going to happen and that she was just sort of 
Like she wasn't happy right, about it, obviously, right, but right. she was just sitting in that moment and being like, yep, this was always going to happen. I don't know. What do you think, Luke? Mm, so like, oh man, this scene, like, it's like, it's just, it, like, Bong uses like juxtaposition and contrast so well. You know, like the kid, like the rich kid is literally outside sleeping in a tent that they ordered from the US like happily sleeping mm. in a tent in the rain. That was an interesting whereas, line when whereas, when yeah. he said, what if it leaks? And she's just like, it won't. It's from the US. Yeah. Oh, well, mm. that's Bong Joon always like has something to do with the United States in that sense. But like, and then we contrast that to literally like the poor family's home is like, it's literally drowned in rainwater and sewage. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it just like shows. And also there's a famous Korean quote that came to mind when I watched this film. Well, that scene especially. It's, Wid muri magaya, arid muri magda. So like oh, yeah, the yeah, water yeah, from the top. <laughs> <laughs> so like um, the top, the water from the top has to be clean for the water at the bottom to be clean as well. Mm. Um, and I thought that was very interesting because like um, mm. th- like that quote essentially means like the people like like elder elderly and the rich have to be good people so for the lo- like lower class or people who are lower like younger people to be clean as well. Yeah. But in this film, like like he's just showing like essentially like even though like yeah the water is clean at the top you know like their house isn't like you know drowning in sewerage like that still doesn't there's still a disconnect it still doesn't mean the water from below is clean it's just yeah like that's another thing i found very interesting of a cultural sort of um yeah philosophy i guess it's Mm. cool that you point that out because it's like for the rich it's only like a slight discomfort like yeah. they they it, it the rain and the heavy pouring like stops them from enjoying like the kids camping trip yeah and they just have to come home and they yeah. just they're just comfortable and then for the poor lower class like the parasite the the parasite family like they they lose everything and it's they like, like even yeah. like they even said like while they're like relaxing drinking alcohol in the rich folks like family's home they look out in the mm. rain and, be, and look and say wow look at the rain it's beautiful right like mm. same thing and also like one interesting fact about this like water scene is that Bong Juno said that this whole like set was actually created in a water tank like a massive water tank like things you would use for like films like I don't know Jaws or something like that, mm. where like it was like a massive like cool. water tank that could that could submerge the set at any t- at any at any point in time. And Bongino has cited from an interview I watched that like he understands why um, Steven Spielberg never wants to film in water again because he said that this was a very logistical <laughs> as a as for a camera standpoint is a logistical nightmare, right? Yeah, Filming sure. in something where mm. with so much water and like. That just goes to show like how the length that Bong Joon-ho went to mm. to make the scene really like feel really real, you know. I think and, David, like, you just touched on something really interesting there. You said that like they were looking out, or it might have been you, Luke. Sorry, but when yeah. you said that um, you they were the family were the poor family out, were looking yeah. out at the rain and saying that it was beautiful. I think that because what we were saying before about like the biggest issue for the rich family was not that they were like malevolent; it was that they were just ignorant. Um, because they were so yeah. removed in this like sanctuary and it's like even the poor people after all their experience like i'm sure they would have had difficulties with like the rain before living in that same place being low underground they would have had issues before but even after like all it took is to remove them and put them in this high place and they just they become the same they become ignorant they become 
um, mm. naive and they're staring out at the rain and they don't see the potential for flooding. They just see beauty um, yeah. because they're protected in this big mansion. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's all I have to say about that, that yeah. scene. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, the families come home. Um, both families go back to their, their places. Um, the poor family has to go stay in this big gym where heaps of other people have had to go because all their houses have been flooded. Um, and then there's this great montage. Well, it's not really a montage, but it's sort of like a this A-B comparison of the morning where um, the rich people, they're getting up, they're calling all their friends mm. and getting all these luxurious things. They're in the mirror doing their makeup. They're doing whatever yeah. while the poor people are taking there's a big pile of clothes in the middle of the room and they're just taking whatever fits they're um waking up in this big gym surrounded by people this complete like show of like this oxymoron between the rich and the poor um of like what they take for granted what they their routine versus the other routine then you see the father going shopping with the rich mother and he looks as low as we've seen him in the movie he's just like so mm. over it and at that he's point he's about to break like yeah at that point break, i yeah. what what it made me think was that you could see it in the mother as well the poor mother i thought that what it looked like they were thinking was that like even now we have this money we're still in service we're still beneath these people even now like we we're getting paid a lot but we're still just here serving the rich just like we always have that's interesting because like just to even like take a step back into what you were saying of like how the poor this poor family once they're in this um rich bubble like they enter the rich bubble they become ignorant like Mm. taking a step back right they the moment they start getting money they they start to feel different and they act different towards people that they were in the same class towards and like um they used to serve or something like looking back yeah. at like the pizza boxes like the first thing they kind of go towards after i think from memory after they either the son or the daughter they both start get paid getting paid or something they get they go to the place that they used to work for to eat mm. and then they get mm. served by them mm. and then it kind of like keeps building up and up and up until True, like yeah. Halfway it's almost like oh yeah. how about this how about this it's biblical the flood comes and it washes away. <laughs> it washes it all away. No, I'm serious. It washes all away. And like the Noah, ignorance disappears. And then when they come mm. back to to the same house, the same people, they no longer have this ignorance. They've It's all been washed away. It's all been made really clear by this flood. And now they know, like, there's no, like, there's no mirage there anymore. They know that they're still in service. They still, like, get told what to do. And, like, sure, they're earning a bit more money, but they're still being, like... They're still in the same place as they always were. They're just like serving mm. different people now. Mm. Mm. So like yeah, at the gym, that's when we then that's when they had the conversation about like you know the father saying the best yeah with the, the rock, like yeah. with like the rock and like you know not having a plan um, like in life. Um, and then after he goes shopping with the mother, and then he just looks like slow, slow, and then he says something like, and she um, in the back seat like get like like. Um, gets a smell of him like the smell mm, goes mm, in the back mm. of the aircon and she starts like pinching her nose sort of like opening yeah. the window and that's when I knew like it, like he's broken like mm. um, the father and then and then after that like the party happens right and then that's when <laughs> 
that's when things get pretty bad, pretty intense, right? This, uh, Kevin. I mean, we can start talking about it. Hey, yeah, have Kevin. You, you guys, just before we go there, um, there's a there's a scene where which we talked about before, where the um, the old um, helper's husband, um, the housemaid's husband, he's yep. saying like he's been tied up, and he said, "Just please let me live here. Like I want to be here." Mm. And the other father is kind of looking on with like disgust almost. Yeah. Um, and I, I kind of thought that's like, there's a, it's like, do you guys know what Stockholm syndrome is? Yes. David, where, do you like know, the, can you explain? The nurse, is it the nurse thing where like the nurse falls in love with so the patient? So the most common one is where someone gets kidnapped or um, a hostage and they feel positive or loving feelings towards their captor. And they're, they're almost like, um, they, they fall in love with being... Um, yeah, a captor, like mm. stolen away and stuff, being the, mm. the victim. And they mm. kind of like in a domestic violence relationship sometimes where um, right. they want to be there, even though like they might know that it's wrong. Um, and I kind of saw him as that, like with all the time that he's been down there, obviously he's gone a bit mad. Um, well, he's gone mad, not a bit mad. He's gone proper mad. Um, mm. And it's almost like he'd fallen in love with his captor, even though he's not technically his captor. It is kind of like he's in a prison, um, but he wants to be there. Even when he's tied up, at first he's not resisting at all. He only starts resisting and trying to get out when he realizes that his wife is like mortally mm. wounded. Mm. Anyway, that was just something mm. that popped into my head. Mm. Um, so yeah, after that, we get to the next day of the the birthday party for... The, the young boy of the rich family. And this is when things go really, really wrong. Um, the mm. Kevin is upstairs with the, the girl and they're like, getting it on a little bit. Um, and then, then he says to her, which we, we mentioned before, he said, um, do you think I belong here to her? And she's kind of like confused. Um, and she's incredibly naive. And I think that most of them are shown to be incredibly naive in the, the rich people sh- in this film are shown to be very naive um mm. and he pulls out out this massive rock out of his bag and then he says i'm i need to <laughs> Do go you like it nah. <laughs> like my rock <laughs> so big rock <laughs> so metaphorical um, anyway let's let's pretend that <laughs> so um and he's like i need to go like down and then she's just like why do you want to go downstairs with them or something like that and he's just like no i mean below them and he goes all the way down into the basement um, and he there's this really like tense moment where just before he goes down, this his sister is about to take food downstairs to them almost as like a peace offering. And then she gets pulled away by the rich mother just before that happens. Mm. And that is crucial because what happens next is the brother goes down with the rock and he basically mm, mm. is planning to kill them. Um, cause he says to his dad in one, they're in the, um, the night before when they're in the gym, he says to his dad, I will fix everything. Don't worry, dad, I'll fix everything. And it's clear, mm. it becomes clear at that moment that his plan of fixing everything is to take out the two people who have the power to take away everything that they've worked for. Um, yeah. he then gets, um, attacked by the husband of the wife who's now dead. Um, she's basically died from her wounds um, he escapes just in time, runs upstairs, um, but basically gets trapped by this guy who takes the massive rock and slams it down on his head in an equally like 
shocking manner. Aren't you like, how did he not die? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, like, I just he, assumed dude he was dead. Swings, yes, dude swings the rock like to above his head and yeah. smashes yeah. it on the sun. We, I guess we can talk and about I'm like, floors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, that's not realistic. If you get smashed with the rock on the head like that twice, yeah. he did it. He does it twice, right? Or yeah. like three times. <laughs> I think that it, then, if, if like it had to, he had to do that because it's the symbol of what it means. And as we touched on before, like everything that the guy worked so hard for kevin worked so hard for came crashing down on his head like it's it's symbolic of mm. this mm. whole thing of like he placed so much meaning on this that he was yeah it, it just became too much and and it all came crashing down luke mm. you look like you want to jump in and say something sorry oh, no, sorry no, no, luke, no, no, you're no, like, like you're like holding holding back no all no, this, no, no. Like, I, 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 i'm not i'm not sorry <laughs> i was just saying like that was one of the only flaws to me in this movie was that like i i reckon that like that those, those two blows would have should have killed yeah, him yeah because he did it twice he did it twice <laughs> did it which... twice and he's lost a lot of blood so he should have killed him um or at least made him like um sort of mentally had like uh, well, he, he clearly was brain damaged to an extent yeah, um to an extent because he kept laughing inappropriately and stuff yeah um, but um still he should have yeah that's yeah 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 I, no i agree i was just like oh i was shocked when because I, I was trying to work out who it was when he, he, like, his eyes are opening and he's looking at the doctors and stuff. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, so that happens. And then the the now madman goes out, grabs a knife from the kitchen, goes outside, stabs the daughter of the poor family in the chest. Um, the father runs out after he's had a really tense conversation with the rich father for the last time um where he basically makes sure that makes sure that the poor father knows he still works for him um and he'll basically do whatever he wants him to do pretty much that's how the conversation goes down he says it in a polite way but it's pretty clear that he said you're being paid for this yeah you're gonna do what i want um and then yeah the the madman tries to attack his wife and i was like couldn't believe the poor the poor man was just watching this madman try and attack kill his wife and he didn't do anything he was just holding his daughter like i know he was his daughter was dying but still he was just watching this guy about to kill his wife and she manages to um fight this dude off but still it was kind of shocking to just see him watch his wife um and everything's in chaos then um the they're trying to leave um the rich the family kid. are trying to leave because yeah the kid sorry yeah good point the kid sees the murderer and um he goes into a seizure because he it's the the his devil basically the the one that has been haunting him his whole life um and the same one who rose up above the stairs which gave him the seizure in the first place the the rich family the father is asking for the keys from the poor father because he's the the driver um he eventually tries to throw the keys just as the wife and the killer fall in front of the keys and um fall on top of the keys the murderer gets killed because the wife shoves a massive stake through him um like like steak knife yeah (laughs) yeah um and then the rich father comes and tries to push the the murderer off who's been living underneath his house to get the keys and they make a big deal about the fact again of him like he pulls away and winces because of the smell. Um, the poor father sees that. And as and then, the rich father turns his back towards, towards the car, 
the, the poor father picks up the knife and he turns the dude around and stabs him in the chest and he kills him um, before running mm. away. So that's probably a good place to stop as we unpack mm. everything that happens there. Mm. Who wants to go first? <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, David, you want to go first or? No, I'll go for it, mate. Yeah. Um, so just running just a little bit back to like that fight between um, Kevin and the killer. I just remember like in, like in the cinema, everyone was just like literally on the edge of the seat where it was just like crazy. We felt like I remember feeling very much so like in, in the same mindset or headspace as Kevin run, frantically running up the stairs away from a guy, a madman who's coming at you with a massive rock. And like after he gets taken out, and then I'm, and then he, and then he charges and stabs like Jessica has a fight with the poor mother. I remember like everyone like was holding their breath, and I think that that's the power of cinema, you know, when when you can seriously yeah. like um, invest in an audience so much into an imaginary world where they mm. feel like they're in the moment, they feel like you're watching all this happen. I think it's really amazing, and. Um, uh, I just want to talk about like performance in this scene from Song Kang-ho, um, who's the actor for um, the poor family's father. Um, I think like he always comes out. I'm pretty sure he comes in almost every single. No, not almost, but about like like a majority of all Bong Joon-ho films. So he's like the actor he's, right. that's always been used. Right. Um, and like uh, like his performance, like everyone's performance is great across the board. There's no real standout because everyone's really, really good. But uh, there's one moment where I really, really love when, like, just before he decides that he wants to kill um, Mr. Park, the, the rich father, there's a moment where, like, his face, because he's horrified about what he's seeing about all this violence, like, his face is a close up of his face. It's from, like, horror. It changes from pure horror to like unadulterated hatred within like two mm, seconds yeah, yeah. like where he where he sees like the rich father like sort of wince and pinch his nose and be like the smell of this guy and then that's when like like as an actor he's he's faces changes expression and you can see it and it's a really really great performance mm. and after he stabs him there's a classic bong Joon-ho shot where it's a um, the Bong Joon-ho classic. And Bong Joon-ho classic. It's a side profile shot that's shot with a telephoto lens. So, like a quickly a quick summary. Telephoto lens is like a um it is a it's a lens that allows you to like zoom in really far, like like from great distances, and um it really like what's in focus like pops out, and what's like literally out of focus, which is like centimeters difference from the actual in focus subject is like blurred out really, really nicely. So it, it really pops out. It's quite flattering and we use it all the time in um, films to like for close-ups and to make them look more flattering. It mm. gives a really nice sort oh. of like shallow feel. So, mm. um, but it's really interesting because Bong joon always uses that shot in really climactic moments like this, like, like that scene where he's literally killed someone and we cut to that shot. It, it's very bizarre because most directors don't use that type of angle for such a climactic moment like that. Um, right. And because it, it, it hides so much, you only see half the actor's face and like their direction is just like the, the eye line is going towards one direction. And you, th- you think on the surface, there's not a lot of information given, but I feel like there is actually a lot of information given. Like the fact it's we can't see- on ha- the bits that are most important. Yeah, and um, you could, like it reminds the audience that we don't know like 
so, like it reminds me of what you said. We didn't know everything about the character. We didn't know everything about the what, like about what they're feeling, and also mm-hmm. allows the actor's performance to really shine. I think for the audience to sort of try to guess what they're feeling in that moment, mm-hmm. and um, like and Bong Joon Ho loves using that like shot because in Snowpiercer it's the same. He always uses the side profile. The character is looking to the right, which represents forward and represents going up the chain. And whatever's behind him, which is the left of the frame, is the lower class. What he's, what's behind him? What like people who, from the lower class, who are holding on to him? Like that's that's how he uses it in Snowpiercer. Mm. Same thing here. He looks forward, um, to see what he's done. He's literally killed someone, um, that from the higher higher like class, and he looks back to uh, to see his family who's in the lower class and who's behind him, and like. It's just a classic Bong Joon-ho shot. I remember when I watched it in the cinema and I saw that, I was just like, oh my goodness. I know he's what doing he's doing it again. He's right. doing it again. He's doing it. Like, <laughs> he's doing the Bong Joon-ho. In, in The Host, it's the exact same <laughs> shot. Like The Host, Kemur, like Bong Joon-ho film, mm. like another breakout with Song Kong. It's exact same shot. Exact same shot in Mother as well at the climactic moment of the film. You guys, like whoever's listening, if you have to watch all of his other filmography. Like it's amazing. And like that's... That's when I knew this is truly great. Um, mm. Yeah, that's my, my my take on the climax. <laughs> David, I'll let you follow um, that because I'll rather not. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I would like to say um, same. <laughs> yeah, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> I just nah. like the, like all the levels of conflict that's going on. There's conflict between like the the poor mother and the the madman like the sons has seizure yeah. you know like Mr. Park yeah. screaming got, got something at something on that so much yeah. goes on bro. so David I'll let you go first but yeah Mr. Park screaming at like him to give him the keys and it's just like the mm. mother screaming as well and it's just like it's everything's just crashing down upon everyone it's amazing mm. yeah what you got David no, no, you, you can go first <laughs> Are you sure? On, no, I'm, I'm actually good. I'm actually good. Okay. You can go. So, yeah. um, I thought I'd say this at the end, but we're pretty much at the end. But one of the things, and we sort of touched on it briefly, um, it's not just a big theme, but I actually think is another um, another meaning for what the parasite is, is capitalism. Um, not only yes. is capitalism a big theme in this movie, but I actually think that capitalism is the parasite. Um and not only is the rock, I think, a symbol of it, of what, like, placing such meaning into a material object, which is a theme of capitalism, um, but also the fact that, like, every character in this scene, they sacrifice, well, not just in the scene, but throughout the whole movie, they seem to sacrifice every form of morality they have, and this is both rich and poor, to either secure financial gain or security within their family um leaving nothing left because in this scene everything gets stripped away everyone loses everything and all that is left Mm. is chaos because there's nothing beneath what they've been building it's all based on immediacy it's all based on this like lust for things for like money for power and Mm. Mm. i think that like even though we sympathize more with the smaller family because we're like, well, they're just trying to support their family. But the rich family is doing the same thing. They're just trying to support their family. When they let people go too easily, it's because they're trying to protect their family. And I think that it's sort of showing that sometimes supporting your family is just an excuse for your own greed. Um, But still, after all this, even after this crazy scene where people are dying, 
we still like at least me but i feel like everyone in the audience doesn't fully like blame anyone because we still feel a level of sympathy because these people are just casualties in a system and for me the system is an extreme take on capitalism um and even the rich are held to blame as i said just because they're ignorant rather than malevolent like it's not bad people in this um and right at the end i will we'll touch on this in a sec but when the when kevin has that vision of how he's going to save his dad even after mm. everything they've gone through he still thinks the way to save his dad is to get rich and i think that that is really important even after everything even after how horrible it all went wrong trying to get rich trying to make money and be be like materially successful he still thinks that the way to save his dad is to become rich and to buy this house of horrors. Like yeah. I think that that's really important and I think that he's definitely common like with all the social structures and stuff. I think it's pretty clear that he's talking about not just social hierarchy but also capitalism in its form. Mm. Mm. Exactly that. Like this whole film's like yeah, commentary on on that is like literally that. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I got approval from me by who? <laughs> That's that's an honor, bro. You gotta you gotta stamp that moment when he agreed with you. I'm gonna I I might screen record that. Can you say that again? <laughs> but like and, and yeah, like the flash shot when you realize that that was all a dream. It's the exact same shot as the first mm. as the first shot in the film. Starts at the top of the like semi basement and then moves back down, and like like mm. this is the exact same camera movement, exact same framing. And yep, yep. it's just it, it like I said, it's a cycle. It's a cycle. Like it just starts the beginning and ends the same. Like it's a journey, and then they're back to where they are now. Like yeah, and, and what belong. does the father do straight away? He runs down the stairs. Yeah, when and he, when they, he realizes they, he's lost everything, he runs down the stairs, back down again, and they yeah they foreshadowed that in the beginning of the film as well. They said, oh, you know what's going to happen to your father if like something like bad happens to him? He's going to run away like a cockroach. Like, mm. and that's what, like, like that's what he does. Nice, like, nice. and I that's why that I thought, too. like, like this film is great because it's so universal. You know, there's nothing about like, like it. Everyone that watches this film can like can relate to it somehow. Mm. You know, because it really is about the human condition, and it's so. And I love how like it, like it shows humans because it honestly shows them shows us at our most like at our worst essentially. Like, we're literally just. It looks like, you know, bugs fighting each other, like, for this stupid thing, for, like, a little crumb or something. It, it, it feels that way, you know? It feels like such a useless, such a pathetic um, view on humans and, like, like, like I said, how materialistic they can be with, with, um, mm. um, with uh, capitalism and stuff like that. It's just mm. so, like, Bongjo, like, you know, um, expresses that so well and so efficiently um, that everyone can just understand yeah. what he's trying to say. And, like, and and I think that the fact that sorry so I, I think the fact yeah, that like he good, doesn't he doesn't paint people as bad people I think that's really yeah. important because I feel yes. like what he's saying there is that this isn't this isn't these people's fault they're just falling victim to the system they're just they're just victims of of what's happening here like yeah. no one is out there to hurt people they're all yeah. out there either to help themselves or to help their family no one is out there to actually try and hurt everyone but it just shows that if you keep chasing the wrong things everything's just going to come crashing down and there's going to be nothing left Mm, exactly and like um 
yeah exactly that and other films in korea are like they have always korean films like one unifying like factor about them from what i can see is that a lot of it a lot of them talk about like class struggle like this film does um like if i can make a recommendation to anyone listening to this um if you want to know if you want to like another great film that deals with this is um film called burning it came out a year before this film or twice you know maybe two years before it's 2018 2019 film but it's very similar like it talks literally about class struggle um and that also had got some traction at the Cannes um film festival so this film essentially is the upgraded version of that like that film is also very amazing like but this film is like the upgraded version of that Mm. um and it like a lot of films in korea talk about this class struggle it's very it's a very common theme um that I feel was very interesting and I'm so happy it's finally been noticed, you know? Well, I think that, like, I know you say that this is universal and I agree with you. Um, Maybe I'm the wrong person to be saying this um, (laughs) when there's two Koreans on the show, but (laughs) clearly, like, Korea has had a big issue in the past and still to an extent today more so, obviously a lot more so in North Korea than South Korea, but um, definitely in the past and still prevalent um, with class structures and the issues of, of, like, the way that yeah the way that some classes well the the fact that there are classes i think because there shouldn't be in the first place um and also another interesting fact before we're gonna wrap up soon um is that like a lot of films actually feel has a lot of cgi with it into it um a lot of people don't know but like there's a lot of sets like um i did notice some things sometimes like something yeah. looked a little too clean or oh really yeah, yeah. Uh, basically a lot of the film like there's a lot of like blue screen and some green screen mm. so some of like the like the um backgrounds of the of some frames like are actually like cgi like some right. some streets stuff like that right. and even the house yes they built the house but um each each separate yeah. room was a like a, they built that separate room on a different sound like on a soundscape like an right. actual okay. studio um and they did a lot of 3d rendering for this from some from some aspects of the architecture and like yeah a lot of the, the cgi the, the, was the too. backdrop of the house that yeah, was the one backdrop of the, the house that was where one of the shots I, that was. it stuck out to me during the flood like as they oh, as that yeah. scene was closing it looked a yeah. little bit like green a little screen-y. bit yeah, green yeah. screen yeah but like it, that's a great thing most people most people don't notice it's mm. that seamless it, it, it was is, good it was good absolutely. yeah which i think is just amazing as well mm. yeah and um yeah that's all i have to say David, final comments. Uh, well said. Well said. <laughs> no, no, but to be honest, I was just taking in everything that you guys were saying. Yeah. I feel like um I think I think um when when I was looking at the film, I was like like I do with most films, I kind of try to see what like what the film is trying to say, the meaning it's trying to portray and stuff, mm. but I think I wasn't I did look at the, look at the film in like a big way, big um, way of showing the dynamics in the social classes, but yeah, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I don't like one thing that I don't know if I fully agree with is like the portrayal of like no one is like actually like bad. You know what I mean? Okay. So how you were commenting like how like it's because of the system that they become this way. I feel like. Um, <sighs> it's because they are because people are bad these these sides seem to surface up because of like i will go back to what i said like earlier during during the like breaking down the film and stuff is Mm -hmm. that like what i think he's also showing is the essence of like just greed that lives in 
each and every human being. That's、mm. how I kind of saw、mm-hmm. it. Where it was like, you were. It was interesting because you're like they're not inherently all bad, but just looking out for themselves or just their groups. But I think that's what's bad about people. It's like yeah, that's yeah. what greed is. It's、mm. like you only care about like helping out your family. You see these two other parasites who are there doing the same thing and like leeching off the rich, but like you don't see the evil. Like you see the evil in what they're doing, but you don't see I, the evil. I, I in, definitely I agree with you. I think I maybe like overstated what I meant about no blame. I think、um, there there is、yeah. blame, obviously, but I think that he's pointing out that. These people are still victims of the system, but they they there's still such thing as individual accountability.、Um, yeah. But just pointing out the fact that these people have,、um, you know, they wouldn't place so much meaning on、um, money and on wealth if they hadn't have been exploited for that exact purpose. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because you were just being like the only reason I pointed that out was because like I was like. I just didn't agree, and that's why I just needed to say that comment. Just say,、mm-hmm. I just add,、mm-hmm. yeah. No, no, so, yeah, you're you're right. Oh, okay, I, I okay. think I yeah, I yeah. think I phrased it a little bit wrong. Yeah, that's why that's why I think like the film is in essence is about like it's a perfect representation of the human condition. It's just、mm. like humans at our worst. Yeah, as humans as bugs essentially.、Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I think.、Um, Like other,、uh, like the parasite was definitely like I had a top three list of films of the year, and like、um, mm. I had a I had a bet with someone about who win the Oscar, and yeah, I was right. Really?、Um, yeah, I had a um, I was like Paris. I was like, I feel like it might not win because nineteen um, nineteen seventeen was a really great、yeah. film, like on all aspects. Like, and this film is great on all aspects as well. But like, I think in nineteen seventies really pushed it in regards to the whole one take cinematography, sound design, costume design. Everything, but then I was like, you know what? No, this year is about international recognition about films. Like Parasite's gonna win, and like、mm-hmm. it's very topical right now. And I think it's gonna win. And like I won the bet. <laughs> We got it. <laughs> got in the bag.、Um, nice. But yeah, Parasite was my best film of 2019. Second best film, very close second, is The Lighthouse. Anyone、Still、like you want? Like, you guys should really check out that film. And then three is 1917. Like, but then Parasite. It was just like it's Korean, so I guess、uh, I'm a little bit biased here. But yeah,、um, yeah, what a great film! And he made history. He really made history, and he's inspired so many filmmakers like me、um, to to you know follow in his footsteps one day. And I hope to do so. And like, yeah, I'm guessing a lot of people Sick, do as、man. well. So guys. It's been quite a long episode today, but there was a lot to unpack in that in that film. There's a lot going on. It's a really great, really great piece of art. And guys, if you have been listening and you still haven't watched the movie, hopefully this will have inspired you to watch it. Hopefully we haven't told you so much that you won't have your own take. I'm sure you will. There's there's so much to to get from it. And as you've seen, David, Luke, and I all have gotten slightly different things from this movie. Thanks for joining us for another episode of. Tan and chill with、um, made by who? Once thanks again, thanks for coming back, Luke. We really appreciate you coming back on. Yeah, thank you, thank you for having me again. Hey, as 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 we said, we had no choice in the matter. You know, it was your fans. Yes,、oh, my fans. They、base. made it happen. Good job, guys. They demanded you, bro. <laughs> thank you, everyone, for coming in. Thanks for sticking around for this long.、Um, I、yes. hope you enjoyed our take on it.、Um, if you guys have a different take, I know that there's some fans out there who are big movie lovers.、Um, Feel free to message us. Tell us we're wrong. Tell us we're right. Tell us we're incredibly intelligent. Tell us we're complete idiots. <laughs> Any of the above. Try to be nice. So we're very sensitive. 
Um, be nice. You know what would also be nice, which would make me and David feel real good? Go to um, Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating and review. And yes, yes, we're still running our promotion, guys. There are still Funko Pops to go away, to give away, yeah. and to go away. Come get them. You know, we want to give them to you. We want to give back for, for you guys, you know, appreciating us and supporting us and tuning in every week. So that's all from me. I've talked way too much and I need to shut up. So, David, wrap, wrap this up for me. <laughs> Um, also, just to add, like, send us some like topics you guys want Facts, us to talk true, about. True, true, true. Um, any guests you'd like to see um, in Sydney that you feel like is um, deserving of like more exposure, or even like someone you just want to get to know? Um, we're happy to reach out to people as well. So just give us give us a DM or a PM or an email. What you got to do? Um, but yeah, I think that's it. Um, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you guys next episode. Peace. Peace. Hey, this guys. <laughs>